Well, our young people are out at their youth camp this morning. Yeah. They've been there all weekend in Wiper, so we're praying they're having an amazing time. I heard Jono said they were all water sliding and yep. rafting down a river yesterday. Yep. Um, how many degrees was it like? 10 degrees? It was, yeah, 11 degrees. 11 degrees. Young people are awesome, aren't they? If they knew the kind of water that was in the water slide tank, I'm not sure they'd go down it. Jono showed me a photo of this one. It's just green slime uh, in their water tank. Um, but we're praying that this morning, the last, the last moment as they gather as the youth of our church, that God would do something yes. significant in yes. their hearts. Well, many of you will know that a few weeks ago, uh, Ange, myself and Tim went on our trip to Thailand and we gave some feedback last weekend. And one of the exciting things that struck me about Thailand was this emerging intergenerational partnership that was happening. Now in Thailand, that's a big deal because age is honoured. The older you are, the more honoured you are. How many of you would love to live in Thailand uh, based on that? But that means that young people don't always get an opportunity to step into their God shape and their God design. But what is happening is that the Spirit of God is moving in that nation and God's plan is bigger than man's plan. Yeah, that's right. And instead of it just being one generation steps aside and releases another generation, there's an intergenerational partnership. Wisdom and youthfulness together right. achieve a huge amount for the kingdom of God. And as I was pondering what God was doing in Thailand, I was reminded of one of the things I love about our church here at Life Church is we've always been a generational thinking church. And that really matters because our God is a generational thinking God and God acts and thinks and loves generationally. Generational thinking and planning is actually God's design. The Bible says He, he keeps His covenant of love to a thousand generations. God is a generational God. And a church who thinks generationally or people who think generationally uh, have a great future in God, but if we, if we fail to think generationally, then the ministry that God's placed upon our lives can die out in one generation. And this is why it's vital to continue to be churches and people who think like God thinks and think generationally. However, it's not as easy as it always sounds. It takes great courage to release the next generation into their God opportunities. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's difficult to release the next generation? Because it means that you have to live and lead in a way that will eventually move you out of your role of leadership and release a new generation into that same role. With that come many challenges in our culture because in our culture, leadership is where we find significance. I'm the leader, I'm the boss, I'm the one in charge and in that we find a sense of significance. But is significance meant to be found in our personal outcomes or in our continued obedience to God's plan? To release another generation is to step aside and allow them room to now lead among their own generation. Not step away, step aside. And there's a big difference. Stepping away is different to stepping aside because God's plan is that the generations would work together in the expansion of His kingdom. And too many times there are not transitions of generational leadership, there are successions. In other words, one steps away, one steps in. But God's plan is that generations would be partnered together for the cause of Christ in the earth. Church, generational leadership is not always easy because generations lead differently. Have you noticed this? But continuing to raise the next generation is vital for the health of any church. But I wanna declare that those who do this will succeed and will grow one generation to the next 
and leave a greater legacy because that is God's plan for His people. I hear far too many people around me saying, I'm gonna stay in my platform or in my leadership role till I die. I don't believe that that is God's plan. I believe we all have a platform and a role until the day that we die. But God wants to see generations together and generations emerging into the call of God upon their lives. So if I was to stay in this role, church, until the day I die, another generation would miss out on their opportunity to step in and serve God. However, let me say this, that once you see the next generation take its place, it's not off out to pasture for you. So there's one voice that says, I'll never leave. And there's another voice that says, I can't wait to leave. But it's not off out to pasture once we've found a new generation take their place because we need great unity and strength that comes from being not just generational, but intergenerational as God's people. We need each other because that's where strength is found and the future is secured. Wisdom and encouragement and prayer and faith and big dreaming and a sense of security come from togetherness between the generations who are united in the cause of Christ in the earth. To capitalise on God's plan of generations, it takes mutual love and accountability that's found in proximity. What I mean by that is this desire for the generations to be together. By the way, this is true in families and kingdom-focused business as well. And it all sounds good, but is it biblical? How do we see God's plan in generational thinking? Well, I wanna unpack this for us a little bit this morning. The implications of many pivotal moments in the Bible are actually generational. Let's take the rainbow covenant that God gave to Noah after the great flood. There's a great flood, we know the story, Noah builds an ark, he saves humanity. God sets a rainbow in the sky as a covenant promise to Noah that he will never flood the earth again. But it wasn't just for Noah, it was for every generation that was to come. When you would see a rainbow, it would be a covenant promise of God for every generation. That tells us that the promises of God are enduring throughout all generations. Don't believe me? Let's read it, Genesis 9. Verse 12 to 13, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and earth. So God's promises are generational. His covenant promise of the rainbow was generational. Then we come to this burning bush moment with Moses where Moses encounters a burning bush and the presence of God. And as God is speaking with Moses, he recalls his relationship with past generations and commands future generations to always remember his name. Exodus 3.15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Then in Exodus, we see in Exodus 34 when God explains His own own name as Yahweh or I am. He is the God of every generation. Exodus 34 verse six and seven. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. 
I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. Now I could have left that last part out and just spoken about this lavished love of God upon us, but both are important. This passage has some big implications. This is our God. This is the God whom we serve, laying the sins of a former generation and the consequences of them on a third to fourth generation. But I want you to think about this passage in context and in light of the cross and of the New Testament. You must read this looking back through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus has atoned for and cancelled our sins upon the cross. However, that also does not mean there are zero consequences for sin. Unrepentant sin, unresolved brokenness affects generations to follow. Have you noticed this? Have you experienced this in your own lives? But that's not today's main point. I want you to notice the grace to consequence ratio. Unfailing love to a thousand generations while the effect of sin only to a third and fourth generation. That's pretty good news. Our God is a God of love, but He is also a God who thinks and acts generationally, thinking not only in individual moments, but thinking about generations. We often think in individual moments, God thinks generationally, but so does Jesus. When Jesus is about to go to the cross and He's surveying the times that He's in, He sees a wicked and sinful generation. And ultimately they would go on to nail Jesus to a cross. And what would Jesus say? Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. He's not just seeing an individual sinful person. He's seeing a generation of people who have turned their back on Him, on the Lord. Even Jesus would think and act generationally because He says, I do what I see my Father doing. Now, let's wrap that up in a truth for us. The miracles that God is doing in your life right now, the redemption story that is happening in your life as Jesus sets about redeeming you, the forgiveness you experience in the here and now, the addiction breakthrough that happens in your life in these moments, the life that you decide to live now, either selflessly or selfishly, is never just for now. It has generational legacy attached to it. The decisions you make to have breakthrough in your life, to not stay stuck, to overcome, to trust in God, to have faith for the future. None of these decisions just have an impact on the here and now. Sure they do, but they have generational legacy attached to them. That's why we need to think how God thinks. He thinks generationally. We cannot afford to get caught up in just here and now thinking. I've spoken about this before. Nothing only affects the here and now. In the economy of God, our decisions have generational implications, both in the positive and in the negative. And God wants you to see your life and see your ministry and see our churches and see our families and see our businesses through the lens of generational thinking, not just what's happening in the here and now. But so often we get stuck in only the instant, the now. But the story is much bigger than just here and now. We're part of a bigger story. We're part of 
generations, we're part of legacy. Take the decision to plant Life Church, this church. It was a decision made 35 years ago that's had generational blessing that will go far beyond all of us and will reach and bless future generations. When this church was planted in 1987, March 1987, it was never planted with just 1987 in mind. It was planted with future generations in mind. It was was planted with future transformation of lives and families and destinies and legacy in mind. It was a decision made not just in the now, though it was made at that time, but it was made with the future in mind. What about this building, Levita, to go ahead and build? It was not just a decision in one moment for one generation. It was a decision to build with generations of people in mind. Yes, one generation paid a huge cost. And another generation needs to look after it, but it was built with generations in mind. And the sad thing is that whenever you do something like a building project, you wanna build something to the glory of God that would bless people for generations, people leave churches on that stuff. But if we can think how God thinks, it's not just here and now, it's for the generations to come that they would find faith and hope in Christ and have a place together. And worship, the decisions we make are always generational in their outcomes. When we think this way, we understand the weight of our decisions in a totally different light. When we think about the consequences of the decisions or the blessings attached to the decisions we make, we think about the here and now moments in a different way. And together, the generations of people working together to serve God and be a blessing to each other and continuing to love God and walk in obedience to Him is vital. One generation, the Bible says, shall tell of your wonderful deeds, your works, your acts, your miracles, your stories to another generation. It doesn't say one generation will will disappear and another generation will try and figure it out on their own. No, it says one generation will speak of the wonderful acts of God, exhort and train and teach and equip another generation. That's why we want to be an intergenerational church together, training and equipping and serving God. From the oldest to the youngest, we need each other. It's how God has designed it. It's God's pattern and that's how He's planned it for His church. It's why I believe the enemy works so hard to divide generations, to cancel generations, but it's God's plan to build with generations in unity with one another. 25 of the Psalms directly reference generations and many others underscore the truths. Psalm 102 verse 18 says, let it be written. Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Psalm 103, 17, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. I wonder this morning, have I convinced you that generations matter to God and that generational thinking is important. Honouring and releasing each other is vital. Where our tensions often lie is as new generations emerge and begin to grow in God, changes happen and things can begin to look different and that's totally okay. And this is what Thailand will begin to experience as a new generation take their place is the tension that now lies between method. I want to do it different to how you did it. 
and that's totally okay. It can be hard when changes are made to how things are done. It's not a change in truth, and that is the main thing. It's just a change in method. But here is a key that God showed me for generational success. A new generation does not leave behind what has been built by a previous generation and start again. The desire to start again and be an individual is a constant human fight. I want to stand out. I want to carve my own way. I want to make a name for myself. I want to do something significant with my life. And all of that's great. And we're told that from the time we're little kids. You can be anything you want. You can go on. You're going to do something great. You're going to stand out. You're going to make a name for yourself. Now, very few people ever eventually do that. But all of us are called to make a difference in the world. But when we recognise that we're part of a bigger story, a thread of an unfolding story, we can actually let go of our desire to make a name for ourselves and recognise we're actually part of God's story and there's only one name that we need to make something of and His name is Jesus. But the key for an emerging generation is to build upon the foundations that have already been laid, not start again. The blessing that Ange and I and the team are experiencing today in the church is not because of today or yesterday. It's because we've built upon what was already laid and we did not throw it out and start all over again. See, we are simply part of a bigger, unfolding God's story and so are you. We see generational strengths and implications right throughout Scripture. And we see it with King David who makes the preparations of the temple of God to be built to the glory of God, but he lays up everything that would be needed for the next generation to build. He himself, David, would not go on to see the fulfilment of the temple. His role was to lay up everything they would need to build a temple to the glory of God. And King David was to hand on to his son and successor, Solomon. I want you to notice a couple of things out of 1 Chronicles 29, verse one and two. It says this, then King David said to the whole assembly, He's announcing a succession here. That's what's happening. My son Solomon, the one who God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Just a wee side note. Do you, not, do you love how Solomon can acknowledge that Solomon, uh, David can acknowledge that Solomon is God's choice? But he wants all of us to know that he thinks that Solomon is young and inexperienced. He wants everybody to understand, look, look, Solomon's God's choice, but he's young and inexperienced. I don't know if you noticed that. See, it's not always easy to release the young whippersnapper into God's destiny. David thinks Solomon is young, but he is also obedient knowing that Solomon is also God's choice. The key focus in generational thinking churches is to focus on God's choice not on youthfulness. Young is relative, have you noticed that? The older you get, the older young gets. Has anyone kind of noticed how that works? But youthfulness is a gift to leadership. David was a young man when God called him and used him. In many cultures, I already said, the older you are, the more honoured you are. But in the kingdom of God, God's choice is what is honoured. David had laid up a foundation for the next generation to build upon. This is how God designs and this is how God builds, one generation to another. But it takes mutual accountability, mutual love, mutual respect and a releasing of each other. And God is generational. 
What David was called to do was to outlast one generation. What the church is called to do, we're part of an unfolding story. Our vision should always outlast one generation. Generational thinking churches and leaders build a legacy that lasts far beyond them. We see generational legacy and blessing throughout Scripture. The prophet Elijah raises Elisha. And Elisha would go on to release a school of prophets. Elisha went on to see twice as many recorded miracles as Elijah did. But you don't have Elisha without first having Elijah. So Elisha's work is a result of a previous generation's faithfulness. He builds upon. Each generation of leaders lead on from where the previous generation have left off. So they inherit all of the years of grafting and building and battles that have already been fought and won. That means you don't have to start again. You get to build upon. That's a beautiful picture of how God designs and builds generationally. You don't have to start from ground zero and do the hard graft. There've already been battles won that you don't have to fight. The next generation inherits the battles that a previous generation's already overcome if we'll choose to build upon and not start again. That is generational in its thinking. When we build upon, it releases miracle provision and increasing opportunities. Strength happens generationally. If you build upon the previous generation's worship and works, you actually skip seasons. Because there you gain wisdom that moves you further and faster than starting again could ever do. If generations will build together in the same direction, we will have continuing momentum in the church that will far outlast us. Does anybody else want that for the church you're a part of? that we're generational in our thinking and we have generational forward momentum. So, old fogies and young whippersnappers are all out at camp. Together is God's plan for advancing His kingdom. That's His plan. Parents and children, spiritual parents and spiritual children. Pray for your children. Encourage your children. Support each other, bless each other, encourage each other, build together, serve God shoulder to shoulder, side by side, pray with one another because the generational plan is God's plan. Recognise God's pattern for leading His church and your family into the future is generational partnership, not generational control, generational partnership. We partner together for the cause of the kingdom of God in the earth. Older leaders have wisdom. Young leaders have energy and fresh ideas. And we need both. Fresh ideas, lots of energy, but lots of wisdom along the way. Like we saw with Elijah to Elisha in the Bible, we saw an increase that happened one generation to another because they said, I want to build upon not start again. But I know as our church continues to build with future generations in mind, it will lead to great growth and many changed lives. Ephesians 3, verse 20 to 21. I'm gonna bring this to a close this morning. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Church, God is inviting us 
to partner with Him, the one who does infinitely more than we could ever conceive on our own. You and I, we don't need to be limited to our own individual hopes and our own individual dreams and our own individual plans, as exciting as those are. But to recognise from God's viewpoint, a God who builds generationally and who builds corporately, He builds together. We share a glorious vision with God of what the church that has Christ central can accomplish for endless generations long after our lives are over. The call of God is not to start again or build our own empire, but to be part of God's unfolding story. And the church across the world has been through a crazy time in the last three years. Talking to pastors right across our city, church is difficult right now. Finances for church are incredibly difficult across our city right now. People are laying off staff in our city right now. Attendance has dropped. People's patterns of attending church have changed dramatically since COVID, where people would come to church one in every two or three Sundays. It's now one in every four to six weekends. So the core of your church remains the same, but the wider church, the crowd changes from week to week. It makes it difficult to build the mission of God. Many have chosen to stay online. Many are finding that as a preference for them. And my prayer is that that wouldn't be the case long-term, that we would find the people of God would come back to gathering again in the Lord's house, understanding that we're a part of something that has generational implications moving forward. We wanna be people of God who wanna build generationally, who wanna live on mission, who wanna make a difference in the world where we are. But we're just in a strange time and strange times are okay as long as the Spirit of God is in it. And I believe God is up to something significant in the church across the world. We can't always see it. We see with our natural eyes, leaders and pastors, see with their natural eyes, I just don't have a crowd coming back. But we've gotta trust God that He is at work within it. God is generational. So God is not building just in the here and now in the COVID times. God's been building since day one and He'll build again until Christ returns. And our job is to trust in Him with all our hearts. See beyond the here and now. I hear many people saying, where is everybody? People aren't around. I, I get it. But let's see it through the lens of generational building and trust that God is at work in the middle of it all. Let us be people who think generationally. Let us be people who wanna see another generation rise up and take their place in serving God. But an older generation, you have a part to play in that, encouraging their faith, talking about Scripture, talking about God, talking about God's vision, not just them as an individual, but they are a part of God's bigger unfolding story in the earth and they have a place within it. To build one generation to another over and over and over again. That's God's plan, to think how He thinks. See, it's not about an individual, although God loves us all individually. It's about generations serving God where God has called them in a way that is beyond just the here and now. If you're able this morning, would you stand with me as the team comes back? Just give me the privilege this morning of praying for us all. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who thinks and loves and acts and promises generationally. 
you keep your covenant of love to a thousand generations. Thank you that the promises found in your word are as much for us today as they were when you gave them. Lord, we just pray that you give us wisdom today to make decisions in our lives, Father, the things we are deciding upon that would go on to have generational impact. Give us wisdom in our decision-making. Holy Spirit, even now I pray for another generation that right now in the midst of their decisions that they're making for their lives, for their relationships, their decisions to stand upon truth and not to compromise, to say yes to your call upon their life. I pray you give them great wisdom, great courage, great strength to make godly decisions, knowing that the decisions we're making in our lives have generational implications. So give them the wisdom and the courage and the strength. Open our eyes, I pray, beyond just the here and now to see with eyes of faith that what we do now, what we pray for, what we sow into, what we have faith for will bless the future generations that are to come. Lord, thank You that when generations of people walk in unity together, we see increased generational blessing. And I pray that the truth that has been entrusted to us and the lessons that we have learned will not be hidden from the next generation. Would You grant us every grace we need to make known to our children and even to the children yet unborn the path that leads to life and His Name is Jesus. And may the Lord be gracious to you and show you His saving power. May the Lord lift up His countenance on you and show you how pleased He is with you. May the Lord give you His peace and bring you His wholeness. This is my prayer for you and for the generations that follow. In Jesus' mighty Name. We're gonna sing this song here in a moment. It's a new song we sung it this morning. It is new, isn't it? We haven't sung it before. I speak Jesus. And I pray this would be a prophetic declaration that we would say, we wanna sing, I will speak Jesus to another generation. That I will pass on the deeds and the wonderful works and acts of God to another generation. That as we sing this, this will be more than just a song that follows on from the preaching of the Word, but it'll be a song where we go, you know what, let's make this a declaration. I'm gonna speak Jesus wherever I go. I wanna speak Jesus. I wanna see generational blessing and another generation finding faith and hope in Jesus. And as I survey this room, we have a mix of generations and I know our young people aren't here, but we have a lot of wisdom in this room. And I just wanna say this to you. Though there's a world that wants to cancel much that's been before, and I understand some of the principles of that, but they do not wanna cancel, even if they think they do, the truth that is locked up in your heart and your life. What God has done through you, what you've seen God do, the breakthroughs that you've seen, the miracles that you've seen, the, the love of God that you've experienced, the healing that you've experienced, the next generation needs to hear from you. Don't let the world tell you to be quiet. Don't think that you meant to stay silent no, we are intergenerational. Yeah. That is God's purpose and plan. And I, I just release over you a courage to say, I will speak Jesus mm. to another generation. I'll speak Jesus. I'll declare truth. 
all speak of the wonderful acts and the wonderful deeds of the Father to another generation. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to release generational blessing upon Life Church. And in this moment, Lord, we pray for every church in our city and every church in our nation that's struggling. It's all of us. We pray for fresh hope and eyes of faith for every leader, every pastor, every person serving in the church. We just pray that You would refresh their vision to see beyond just the here and now moments that feel difficult and challenging and to see with eyes that are generational. That You said You would build Your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So we trust in that truth. We put our faith in that truth. I pray You revive faith and trust as pastors are leaving their posts and resigning their jobs from fear of failure. I just pray that Lord, You'd speak to their hearts afresh. Say, it's not finished. It's not over. Jesus hasn't returned yet. There's still time to care. There's still time to make a difference in the world. I pray You revive passion in people's hearts. That's true for those of you here today who have family members not walking with the Lord. It's not over. It's not over. And so I pray we have fresh faith and fresh hope. And Holy Spirit, would You deposit that in our hearts today? In Jesus' Name. Lord, for those who are weary through COVID times, it's probably all of us. Would You just refresh our hearts and our faith and strengthen our resolve to be people who would say, I will serve Jesus. It's my worship. It's my honour to serve Him and to glorify His Name. Would You refresh us today, I pray. Break us just out of just routine of our faith to something fresh and something new and something innovative. Cause us to dream again and believe for big things again and to hope again. I pray in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Just release faith now, Holy Spirit, I pray. To people's hearts afresh, families, businesses. Lord, right now for people in business, doing it tough, decisions being made that affect them. In big ways, I pray that You, Lord, would bring Your comfort, security, and trust in their hearts, that God is with You. And I just pray for the favour and blessing of God to rest upon business people in this season, where there are struggles and there's toil and there's challenge. Just give them fresh hope and faith Keep trusting in You. For families who are struggling with brokenness right now or division from decisions that have been made through these last few years, I just pray, God, that You would bring us back to what matters, unify us. That which truly matters, a love and passion for Jesus. Just pray for marriages and families. God, that there would be just a sense of unity togetherness, building together. Give us a softness towards one another, compassion towards one another, love for each other, deepening love for kids to parents, parents to kids, grandparents. Just a soft, compassionate heart of love that we would see families building together for the sake of the Kingdom of God. We speak against division where the enemy tries to divide and conquer.
We speak unity and the grace of God and the peace of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's declare the song together. Whatever situation you're facing, whatever's going on in your life, let's, let's declare, I speak Jesus over your family, over your children, over your business, over lost people, over your health, whatever it is, let's really declare this with faith this morning. Awesome.